911, what's the nature of your emergency? Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody who is listening in on the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and I'm sitting in front of somebody who I virtually grabbed around the neck and strangled yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason for that is because our guest today, he left out the fact that among this very long list of, of accolades, he is also an accomplished author, and he sends me a copy of his book, which I so so graciously appreciate that you did do that. Um, and then he's like, oh, yeah, go ahead and just read it. <laughs> and I'm like, like, it's not Monday. Like, I don't already have a busy schedule. So I, I did start to read it. And I'm going to ask some questions as we get into that. But before I do, I just want to introduce everybody to Mr. Sean Romero. Sean, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm good. too. <laughs> so when did you write and publish your book? Well, it was back in, I believe it was in July. And um, I actually got an interview with Jill Nicolini uh, in New York City. She was on Business Talk Radio and um, I wanted something to promote, something to be able to, you know, give to the people, to give to her audience and stuff like that. And uh, because it was a 30 minute interview and uh, you can go ahead and, um, you know, if you want to go and check it out you can go to my page, Faithfully Led and uh, check it out there or on uh, Facebook. You can go ahead and and click the link there. But uh, it was a really good interview. It was really cool. And uh, you know, so I was like, yeah, let me just go ahead and do that. But it was something I've, I've actually been wanting to do for a while and something that I've been is was on my heart, but it just kind of made gave me a deadline. So I was like, all right, let me get this done. And then so and, and that's that's why I put it out there. And plus, it really fell in line with a lot of stuff that's been going on, a lot of the nonsense that's been going on. You know, a lot of the, the critical thinking that I believe that our communities are lacking, especially for men, you know, certain men, you know, they're just. They're forgetting how to be critical thinkers and just it gets very frustrating. It gets very frustrating because we've been kind of just, you know, when we go through certain things as men, you know, especially now with all the, like I said, the craziness that's going on, you know, it, it, it becomes more difficult to get through or to accomplish certain goals. And if you're not critically thinking and you're allowing a lot of other influences to come into your life, you know, things just, uh, they don't become prioritized. They don't get done, you know, and, and listen, I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking, this is, this is my life that I lived for the past like two and a half years from really from 2018, February, 2018 until, you know, recently where it was like, you know, two years of just nonstop, like literal, like hell. It was just, it was crazy. So yeah, we're going to, we kind of dove into things really quick, but that's great. That means that we have some energy going on and we're, I, I want to just touch on your book again really quick. And then I want to back up if that's okay. And then just introduce sure. everybody to who you are and, and why we're even talking. Good morning, everybody. Somebody calling me dear heart, Bob, is probably the sweetest thing that anybody has said to me this morning. A very good morning to you. And in your book, you, you in the beginning of it, because that's all that I had time to read yesterday. Thank you. You you talk about this concept that we never think about. And what you're saying is 
that we make critical decisions like what you were just speaking on every single day when we get into our vehicles and we are potentially putting our lives at risk. And yet that's not something that even crosses our mind, not in the slightest when that happens. And there's such a high a high risk, right, for us to be able to get into a car accident, right. hit somebody else, hurt ourselves, you know, all of these things. And then you then don't even consider when we're maybe traveling with children or in cases like mine, horses or dogs. Um, and you also say on here, and I quoted this, your, your book is called Risk and Reward. And you said, waiting for the perfect time to do something is the worst choice that we could ever make because it gives us the excuse not to try. And anybody who's followed us for a long time knows that I am not about bullshit at all. And bullshit excuses, this is like the perfect way to sum that up. So can you just talk on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, you summed it up pretty much like, I mean, perfectly. I mean, because it is a bunch of bullshit. I mean, it really is. You know, when I when I was a crew chief on F-16s, you know, we had we always had deadlines. We came in and then, you know, we'd look at the status board of every aircraft. We'd look at everything. And, you know, we all had some of us were dedicated crew chiefs. I was a dedicated crew chief. I had my own jet, you know, and I had to see who worked on it the night before, what other back shop not worked on the night before. But I look on the status board and it says, oh, it's flying at nine o'clock, you know, and it's 630. And I'm like, holy crap, I literally have like maybe an hour and a half to get the jet ready before my pilot decides to show up and they get it off the ground. You know, because nine o'clock is takeoff time. That's not showtime. It's eight o'clock is showtime. So I have until eight o'clock to get this thing done. And I, I can't allow for, you know, the BS. I can't allow for the excuses. I need to know exactly what it needs to get done. And to, so I can prioritize that because if the jet got, you know, had work done on the engine and it's missing panels and it's not at the jet, I have to go to where we store our panels. You know, I have to prioritize that. And if I can't do it because I have to, I have to try and get someone else to do it. I have to see if I can get that, you know, prioritize, put it in there. So that way they know that the importance of it. And it's the same thing when we go to work and we, you know, we're in our car, we have our kids. We're not thinking about that stuff. We're just thinking about getting there we get that i have like that get there itis you know if you will that's what you know and it, it becomes this rote routine and then when it becomes a rote routine then you know it's just becomes a non-factor until something happens and then you're like oh my gosh but if we're critically thinking about how we're going to do it you know one we won't get as stressed two we're, we're going to set ourselves up for success and we're going to be confident in that because, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other night. If we plan or if we think about or we ex actually if we accept the outcome of either direction, whether it goes south or it goes north, you know, whether it you know, goes the way we want to or not, we're setting ourselves up for success because we're telling ourselves, hey, it's cool. It's all right. If it goes this way, because and even though I didn't plan it this, to go this way, I'm OK because I'm prepared for that. I'm prepared for whatever consequences come from that. You know, I'm prepared for it to, if it goes my way, the way I want it to, we're, we're good. We're awesome. You know what I mean? And that's all part of critical thinking. And when we do things every day as a rote routine, we're not preparing ourselves for that. We're not preparing ourselves for that if it goes south. And then that's when things start, you know, going really bad. People start freaking out. People start acting on emotion. People start making decisions based on emotion. And that's when the excuses start coming in. All this wouldn't have happened if, you know, if this would have done happened this way, this wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? And then the cascade of events just continue and continue and continue. But if you if you critically think about 
what is going on. And I'm not saying having to meticulously plan out every single second. No, but just understand that things are not going to go the way you, you planned ever, ever, you know what I mean? Ever. And you have to be willing to accept that. And the minute you do that, you release a lot of frustration and then you're able to focus and critically think on what is happening in the moment and what you need to get done. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, Man, I can relate, have a plan. Absolutely. I always plan for success, but prepare for demise for sure. And um, I think that having this sort of anticipation and this buildup in terms of expectations for everybody listening to this, if there's one thing that you write down today, expectations are the root of disappointment. And I think that Sean just summed that up so beautifully. And if we can, we can go to the flip side of that and already kind of mentally prepare for what the outcome could be be it that North or South. And it's really the the biggest way for us to set ourselves up for success. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at this resume. So I want to share with you guys that anytime that I do an interview like this, every, every guest gets this pre-interview screening questionnaire. And I always ask my guests, how do you want to be introduced? And Sean wrote down, he's the host of Faithfully Led Podcast, which is amazing, creating and influencing leaders in a Christian community. So that's super awesome. But if you go to his website, you can see this entire list of accolades. And Sean, I'm going to let us walk you, I'm going to let you walk us through some of those because I want you to share with us some of your background, your history, and what led up to February of 2018 before we kind of dive into that. Yeah. All right. So um, I've ever since I was a kid, I'm one of those guys that when you talk about the movie Top Gun, that it, it, it influenced, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. You know, I saw Top Gun. And I was like, that's exactly what I got to do. I have to be Maverick. I have to fly. Um, I got the flying bug when I was very, very young. And uh, I remember going, I grew up in New York City. So I went to the uh, USS Intrepid as a, uh, it was, it's a museum. If you guys have never been there, go there. It's an awesome museum. Um, and they taught about aviation and aerodynamics. And I was about six years old. And it really, it completely, I caught the bug right there. So every, anything that everything about airplanes and aerodynamics, I had to learn about. Um, and then uh, in 2000, September 2000, I enlisted in the U.S. Air Force. I enlisted with the 177th Fighter Wing out here uh, in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and the Air Guard. And the whole plan was, and this is the great, great segue to what we were talking about before. The whole plan was for me was I was going to enlist. I was living in Las Vegas at the time. I was going to enlist and I was going to go to school. I was going to go to the College of Aeronautics in New York City, and I was going to stay with my, my sister there, get a job, do the whole thing, go fly fighter jets at the same time while I got my license to be a mechanic for, you know, on airplanes and to be a commercial pilot. I was going to live the dream. I was going to have, you know, fly the commercial life, and then I was going to fly on the weekends, fly the fighters, all this other stuff. But it all went, you know, awry when 9-11 happened. 9-11 happened, you know, we all got activated and, you know, God just had a different, you know, purpose for me. He really, truly did. And uh, where I thought I was going to be this great fighter pilot, I actually turned out to be a great mechanic on, on fighter jets. So, and that's really where it came down to. So, but then I still accomplished my goals. I became a private pilot. Um, I still love to fly. You know, I actually got a, uh, an incentive ride in an F-16. So I can actually say I actually flew the F-16. So um, for 14 years in the U.S. Air Force, I was a mechanic. I was a crew chief on F-16s. Uh, I was their lead training instructor. I was the lead uh, training manager. Um, I was their uh, unit career advisor. So my airmen and NCOs would come to me if they wanted to change career fields or if they wanted some advice in their career, uh, you know, for advancement and everything. I was that guy to go and do that. 
Um, I also flew for the Air Force for three years. I was a flight engineer on the KC-10 uh, tanker, uh, air refueling tanker. I have 630 flight hours uh, under my belt with that. Um, and incidentally, my very first real world mission in the KC-10, I actually took Kid Rock on a USO tour of the of Middle East. We went from Turkey, Qatar, Germany, uh, England, and then back home to the States. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then uh, I went back to maintenance after that. And then I, that I became a drone pilot. Uh, I started, you know, I became a, a John Maxwell a certified coach. So that way I can, you know, learn more about leadership so I can, you know, have that stability, set that foundation there. And then leading up to 2018, uh, 2018, just everything kind of just fell apart. So February 2018, uh, I was I, February 8th, I had to resign out of the Air Force, not because I wanted to, but because um, I had to, uh, not from any fruition of whatever I did. Um, it was just basically, um, it was it was all politics, but also I was going through a lot of personal issues. So February 8th, I resigned out of the military. February 13th, I signed my divorce papers. So literally within that week, and then later on that week, February 17th, I was baptized in my church. But, you know, it, that's where really where everything became. So I went from having this awesome career in the military, almost getting everything done, 17 and a half years, having to stop abruptly, literally becoming a single father of five the very next week within six days. And then, you know, having to go up to, you know, you know, changing my life, you know, and, and giving my life to the Lord. So, but that wasn't, you know, it's not a fairy tale. It's not like, you know, Hey, you got baptized. Everything just completely changed. And I was, I was saved and everything was, it didn't know. Uh, it, it's not like that. It, it, it never was like that. But a part of me, it, it gave me, like I said, it gave me a foundation, but then, you know, I had a huge, you know, time uh, with depression, anxiety, um, financial issues, uh, severe financial issues, and, you know, all that stuff, struggling to try and find to redefine myself. And because that's what really what happens a lot of the times with veterans, what we do is and, and a lot of veterans I spoke to feel the same way. But, you know, speaking from my perspective, I was defined as Sean, the airplane guy. I was Sean, the crew chief. I was Sean, the F-16 guy. I was Sean, the Air Force guy. That's how I defined myself. Everything else was cool. Everything else was just like a hey, throwing arrows in the quiver. But I was known as Sean, that guy, the Air Force guy, you saw me in the uniform, you saw me do this, saw me do that. Every time F-16 flew by, oh, that's Sean. Hey, air shows. Yeah, that's Sean. So I wasn't, def I, I defined myself by that. So when that was taken away from me, it was like an exposed nerve. And I was like, well, now what? What do I do? You know, I'm on the other side of the fence. I'm on the other side of the wire. And that brotherhood there is no longer there. And so now I'm having to fight for myself. But not only that, I've got five kids to deal with, you know, that I have to provide for. And so and, and not to mention all the other issues that come from having a divorce and and that and that sort of stuff, having to rebuild that relationship to be, you know, copacetic as a co-parent and stuff like that. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. So, you know, eventually, you know, my faith really kind of rooted me in that foundation and God put me through a lot of paces, man, to grow to where where I'm at now. And it's it's very difficult. When, when I look back, I'm very grateful for everything that I went through. I honestly, I don't regret anything. 
I truly don't regret anything. I don't feel bad about anything. I don't, I don't want any pity. I don't want any, I tell my story because I want people to understand that you're going to go through these hard times when you don't even expect it, but God still has a plan for you. And if you wake up every single day, that means you still have another mission. My mission now, I re-enlisted in the Air Force and it's back in my old unit, but I'm in communications now and I'm just finishing what I started. I'm just going to finish my 20 and then, you know, punch out. I mean, and if God wants me to continue on after that, then so be it. But right now, this is where I'm at. And I learned a lot of lessons along the way on how to be obedient, but not only obedient to my faith, but obedient to myself and to my goals and how to really understand when things start coming on and a lot of frustration and anxiety come on, how to recognize that, but how to turn it into a focus rather than letting it tear me down and keeping me in a corner. Because a lot of times that's exactly what happened. I would be in a corner. I would shut myself off. I would shut my, and it would literally take so much out of me just to get up and just to keep that face on for my kids you know, I'm like, hey, I got to give them breakfast. I got to give them dinner. I got to give them lunch. I got to do all this stuff. I got to get them to school, you know, before the pandemic, you know, getting them back and forth. It was a lot. It was a lot. So, you know, uh, but here I am. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I created Faithfully Led specifically to, you know, create the leaders in the Christian community. Because I'll, I'll tell you right now, I've called out a lot of people, um, especially in the Christian community, because they use it as a crush. They use it as a... Um, you know, like this, this barrier and saying, Hey, I'm a Christian and, and, and I'm this, you know, uh, this person, this is righteous person and whatever. And that's not what the Bible calls us to do. That's not what God calls us to be. God calls us to be loving and understanding, but also we got to call out other Christians when they're not stepping up their game and they're not living their lives the way they said they, they, they are. I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner. I fail every day, but the problem, but what I do, the difference between me and let's say like a pastor is this, is that every single day I don't have, I don't go out there and profess that I'm perfect. I go out there because I'm being called to by God and I'm living God's word and I'm, and I'm doing that. And when I do wrong and when I, when I mess up, I'm the first person to fess up and own it. And that's exactly what we need. And, you know, I'm, I'm not scared of going out there and telling people what they did wrong, but at the same time, I'm able to listen to what they have to say because I may have the wrong perspective. And if they can help me change my perspective to see where I'm I'm sinning or I'm doing wrong, that helps me help them and build a stronger community because it's not just one way. And and, and that's where Fully Led came in to help build and strengthen those leaders in that Christian community because there has to be that hierarchy. There has to be that, you know, there has to be something out there for other people to look to. Because if not, I mean, look at the craziness that we have now. You know, there's just everyone screaming and, and yelling. And, you know, I, I saw this and I love saying this. This is like one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard. You know, we have we're 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 inundated with information, but yet we're starving for wisdom. And and that's and it's the truth. We're really, truly starving for that wisdom. And I'm just doing my part to do that, you know, so. You know, um, with my other venture, Kingdom Drone Photography, you know, I, I make sure everything's Christ-centered, but, you know, I want to be able to teach kids about aviation through drones, through this new technology that's emerging, um, and through be able to 
give an experience to other people to be able to see you know a world from a different perspective that they may not be able to you know you can get a drone you can fly a drone you can buy a drone for like 200 bucks you know uh, uh, that you know isn't a higher end drone but still it's a very capable drone rather than spending 500 or 600 dollars for a two-hour flight you know in a cessna you know and and you could do that 250 dollars drone and you could fly it every single day you know and you can see the world from a different perspective from 200 300 feet up the same way i've seen it in an airplane and it's an incredible feeling and it's an incredible feeling, and it changes your perspective it really truly does change your perspective on god you on on faith on your life you know you'll see it from a different it's it's something totally different i can't i can't even describe it when you see the world from 250 feet up at sunset on you uh, at, at sunrise or even just in the middle of the day and you just see everything it's just very peaceful so i mean that's and and that's where everything comes from this is where everything's coming and i'm just trying to do god's work and just trying to you know build a better community because at the end of the day my legacy my legacy is what i leave behind and you know and another great quote because i love martial arts uh bruce lee said you know the key to immortality is first living a life worth remembering and we don't go back looking about this you know we when we look in the history books we don't remember the people that weren't infectious. We don't remember the people who didn't live a life that was worth remembering. We look at and we learn at the people from the people who had that life that was, was worth remembering. And that's immortality because that's why we're still talking about our founding fathers. That's why we're still talking about people like Sun Tzu. That's why we're talking about people, you know, like Jesus Christ, because they lived a life worth remembering. Hmm. It, it warms my heart so much to hear you talk about this this variance in perspective of just overall growth from literally having an aerial view. And I think that your your drone company is an amazing concept, especially to be able to teach children from that perspective. Um, Bob says, oh man, Air Force, they're okay too. Just kidding. He says, my brother was in the Air Force. Um, then he asked, was it up or out mindset when you got of... Uh, when you got out of the military? Um, you know, it was, um, I don't think it was either, either one because when I got out in 2018, it wasn't like, you know, I was prepared to do it. Honestly, I wasn't prepared at all to get out. I, and, and when I got out, it was really, really weird. And I think it was part of what was uh, driving a lot of my anxiety and a lot of my depression was because I worked the night shift. I, I love working the night shift because we had a little bit more autonomy and, and being able to do what we needed to do. But when I wasn't having to go to base and I wasn't getting in my car and driving through the front gate or, you know, getting to the flight line, that really hit me. It really hit me hard. So I don't know if I was really up or out. I mean, it was just a very, uh, it was a, it was a really big transition period for me, but um, it was a little bit difficult. So I, I wasn't prepared for it, honestly. I really wasn't. Uh, that's You're incredible is what, what Bob is saying here. There aren't near enough Christian leaders giving back when it matters the most. Your excitement is infectious. Good morning, awesome. Ash. Good morning, guys. And I know we're going to wrap this up soon, but I'm just wondering what what is the what is the the hope, the dream? What is it that you want people to to know when it comes to what you're building now, especially now almost two years is coming up where you sort of had this reinvention of things for yourself? That, you know, you, you can't base everything on your timetable. I mean, obviously create a timetable of what you're, you want your goals to set um, and what you want, where you want to be. 
but also understand that you have to plan accordingly to uh, to adjust that plan and that your timetable shouldn't be a, a rigid stone timetable because it's not your timetable. It's what God wants you to do. And if you're not learning that lesson within that period of time, it's OK, because you're going to once you realize that, hey, I've got to learn this lesson then things really start opening up. Then God's going to open up the other doors. It's just like when you're training anyone, you want them to, uh, you know, there's certain milestones that you want them to, to get to. And so that way you can move them on to the next lesson. But, you know, in the beginning, you're not expecting them to be perfect. You're expecting them to get the concept. And as soon as that concept, they get that grasp of that concept, they can apply that concept to the next lesson and they can understand it's those building blocks, you know? So I want people to understand that no matter what happens in your life, you can start over. I'm 43, you know, and, you know, I never imagined myself at 43. You know, the plan was to be at 43. Remember, the original plan was 43, getting ready to retire as a fighter pilot, going to be, you know, still commercial airline pilot, you know, beautiful wife, beautiful kids, white house, picket fence, two and a half dogs or whatever the you know ratio is or whatever, you know, but it didn't happen that way. Don't be discouraged when things don't go the way you planned it. Be discouraged when you don't realize that your structure is too rigid. Hmm. When you see things like, you know, in nature, like you see, um, you know, palm trees and, you, you know, you wonder why the, there's so many palm trees in Florida. You know, they get whipped around with all those hurricanes and then they just bounce right back because, you have to kind of go with the flow. It, God doesn't promise, you know, your life is going to be perfect. And your prayer shouldn't be for a perfect life. Your prayer should be for strength to endure through the hard times. So that way you're constantly in praise. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the hardest time to praise God is when things are going the worst. You know, when you're down and out and you're like, oh, my gosh, you're down to your last penny. You're not sure where that bill is going to get paid. You're not sure if the lights are going to stay on. You're not sure if you can have that roof over your head because I've been there literally, literally within a half hour of being evicted and living into my in my car with my kids. God has come through. So I know, you know, I, I, I'm telling you from experience, don't be discouraged. Understand that as long as you have that foundation and faith, you can get through anything. You can get through anything. And and at the end of the day, when people look back and I'm no longer walking this earth, I want people to take that example away saying, hey, man, he went through the worst of it. You know, that was his mission. That was his life. And I want to use that as an example because people can go through worse. People can go through worse. Listen, people are going through COVID. People are going through cancer. People are going through, you know, losing babies. You know, that stuff is just way, I think, way worse than what I went through, you know. And but that is their life. This is my life. And what you're going through is going to be worse for you because you're living it. Not necessarily what you see Sean that went through, but I want you to understand the lesson. The lesson is, is that no matter what it is that you go through, you can get through it as long as you have that foundation, that foundation of faith, that foundation of belief, that foundation of, you know, you knowing that you can get through it. And, and I'm not saying faith and, and a, not just a Christian, 
aspect because the, the one of the reasons why I created Faithfully Led and I named it Faithfully Led was that faith is the belief in the unknown. You know, you have that faith, whether it is you're in Christ, whether you're in Allah, whether you're in, you know, Buddhism, doesn't matter whether you whether your faith is, hey, that coffee table is my God. Yes, I love that coffee table or whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, it's what matters is, is that you have that faith, that foundation of faith and that, you know, your faith in yourself and get you get you through everything. So that's what that's what I want. That's at the end of the day. I want people to understand that they can get through it. You are incredible, and I'm not the only one. That thinks so. um, yes, Bob, we are not alone. And Bob here says, Sean, thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going and where you're going. Ashley, thank you for bringing Sean to us. Absolutely amazing. Yes, Sean, you absolutely are. And I appreciate how, it. How can people get a hold of you? Um, you can go ahead. All right, so I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, you can go to my website, faithfullyled.com. Um, and, uh, pretty soon you'll have the link there for kingdom drone photography. So look out for that. That's coming very, very soon. So, um, Facebook faithfully led, uh, and Instagram faithfully led faithfully underscore led, or you can email me directly, Sean at faithfully led.com. Um, I'm, I'm a personal coach also. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I have programs for that. Um, if you have any kind of events you want me to speak at, I'm, Absolutely would love to, um, not just to share my story, but to inspire other people to be able to think outside of the box to where they have to build on themselves. Um, and uh, you can go ahead and check me out there. And um, I'm, I'm available for all that stuff. So Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who is listening. And I hope everybody has an amazing day. Take care. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Sean.